Shut up and sit down. Hello, hey, and welcome, hi, to an episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Houtsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movie differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or frostbite, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. It is the most isolated landmass on the planet. There is no official government. There is no permanent population. Because when winter comes, the sky turns black and stays that way for six months at a time. Temperatures fall to 120 degrees below zero. Glacial winds gust to over 200 miles per hour. The snow is so thick, you can't see six inches in front of you. There is no horizon. There are no shadows. There is only... White. Nature never intended for you to survive here. But this fall, nature is not the only thing to fear. This isn't just a murder. This is the first murder in Antarctica. White out. And yes, there will be spoilers. White out. White out. This is our last episode before our two-week holiday break. This is our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Because I'm done with movies. <laughs> White out. reached the end times. Well, yeah, White uh, out wasn't, wasn't a really good, strong foot to, to launch off of into a break. It's kind of like we're treating our fans with dying of, of hypothermia. You know, you get you just huddle yourself up, get a little warm, and you just slowly mm. kill yourself. Uh, and then, you know, we're out for two weeks. And then we'll wake up again. We're hibernating. Yeah, but we'll have lost a couple fingers. Mm. Mm-hmm. You like that metaphor? Mm. That was a bit too Robert Frost. <laughs> hey. 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 Oh, all right. Uh, first opinions, uh, Skyler. Uh, I thought Whiteout was... Um... Wait, I can't complete this illusion because I haven't actually seen it because there's about 17 things on my list above seeing this movie, uh, Popcorn Ben. Okay, well, this movie is, uh, it's one of those movies where you forget what's happening while you're watching it. <laughs> like Totally. The, the, the plot is not at all engaging. It doesn't really make sense. It's okay. It's a little engaging at first, but then like they ruin it by talking out loud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if this were a silent film, I'm it sure would be pretty okay. Oh, like it passes itself off as a thriller, right? 
Yeah. Be more thrilling in the Thrill me. If you're going to if you're going to make a thriller then thrill me. Force me to think, I guess. Is yeah. cuz like when they find the dead body on the ice, literally this will be a just a quick jump into the drinking game rules, but every time Kate Beckinsdale literally says what she's thinking out loud. How did this body get here? Where's all of his gear? Like why are you why you're de- you're not even a detective. I don't know. continue talking. Yeah. So um, if you ask me what happened in this movie, I'm like, I don't know. They find diamonds. There's a there's a blizzard. A um, out. Oh yeah, there's scientists and they punch each other a lot. They, there's a lot of murdering going on in Antarctica. And there's like some weird flashbacks that I don't really understand why they're there. Yeah. And and it's it's just not a good movie. It's but it's not like fun good. It's not fun bad. It's just tedious. It's not sin bad. No, it's not even like the spirit bad, which was so baffling that it was entertaining on that level. It really was. It, it's just a bad action movie. Are you leading into the fact that Gabriel Macht has starred in both of these films? Oh, shit. He was, what is he in the spirit? <laughs> the spirit. He was the spirit. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see his career can only go up. <laughs> Um, what else has he done? I have no idea. Uh, I think he's in Suits. Oh, okay. The, that USA sense. series. That would make sense. Okay, that's that's a fine show. That's where he can stay. Yeah. Him and Matthew Bomer. <laughs> Th- this movie is the worst kind of bad. So that's my opinion. Popcorn Michael. Whiteout. Fucking whiteout. I, ugh, goodness gracious. The film starts with a long shot. So you're getting artistic. It shows Kate Beckinsale walking through the Arctic facility, right? And it's sort of like we're behind her, and we see everything going on. And um, and then it just keeps going into her apartment while she strips down. And I'm like, oh, well, I think this would have been a successful shot if it's just to show that she's wearing a lot of clothes. It's Antarctica. That's not like a bad exposition thing, as long as they don't go full like shower scene on us. Hmm. They went full shower scene on us. And I was like, why? Why, 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 why? 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 You have Kate Beckinsale. She's hot enough on her own. You don't need to have her fully yeah, but sexed up. Her her being sexed up is like the only thing that will sell this movie. Because the they plot needed, won't. They needed a trailer shot of him, her in a shower. Hmm. I think. Mm. I, okay. So then, you know, she gets a dead body out in the middle of nowhere. And that's kind of interesting because it's actually a mystery. There's a dude in the middle of the Arctic, dead body. Where did he come from? <laughs> Eventually they solve it in a weird way and it's kind of fun. Uh, also really stupid as to how the, you a, a way to dispose a body. Uh, if you have a plane and you throw the body out the window of a plane. Make sure you hit the ocean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like tie a brick around his neck and and just hit the ocean. It's not that hard. No. The ocean. Let it get eaten by seawolves. Also, it's Antarctica. They had to have found that body really fucking fast because that snow's going to blow it completely underneath. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it ever snows in Antarctica. It just takes the same shit and flows around, I guess. Okay, and then, and then, and then, of course, there's this whole mystery behind this conspiracy of this Russian plane. Stupidest scene in the film: never fire a gun in a plane, dumbasses. I don't care who you are. And and they find this shit in a Russian, what's a Russian trunk, and it's the Robert Price is there because it's like, oh, it might be uranium, because you know. They were trading around uranium in the Cold War. And you're going, yeah, 
it's probably not uranium. <laughs> it's probably gold or some shit. And they did diamonds. They rolled with diamonds. And we'll talk about when they do the diamonds reveal how disgusting that is. Here, here's how poorly I understood what was going on in this movie. When when they find the diamonds, I'm like, where'd they get that baggie of crystal meth? <laughs> Why was it in that dude's body? Like, I'm I'm like, is he is he like smuggling it across the border? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Into or out of Antarctica? <laughs> yeah, into Antarctica. Like, <laughs> gotta keep. Is there those... that much of a market oh, on like the two research bases? <laughs> There's one really ridiculous scene where they go billion year old ice. 10-year-old whiskey. And then he like pours it like a fuck like Michael J. Fox all over everybody. And then and then they all drink it while it sizzles and pops. And you're just like, "Wow, this is so stupid." <laughs> and then they cart the dead body right through everybody else. No blanket on. You're just like, "Uh, oh, dead body coming hey, through." We got a cadaver. Yeah, here we go. Antarctica, just so everybody knows that someone can get fucking murdered in Antarctica. We're gonna show you guys everyone. Want some excitement? Holy fuck! Why put a goddamn blanket over it? Oh, he just passed out somewhere. We're just <laughs> taking him for a nap. You don't need to scare the shit out of everyone. I guess unless you're doing this big warning. We have a murderer. Everybody freak out. However, we want to play that. Uh, uh production budget thirty-six uh, million dollars. Yeah, a pittance. <laughs> Surprise! Probably most to uh, Kate Beckinsale. Probably most to. Getting to Antarctica. Yeah, to like filming that much fake snow. Or real snow. <laughs> or real snow. Either way. It's a lot of snow. There was a lot of scenes shot outside in blizzards, which I guess is the point of the film. Yeah. Probably you all got, towards digital seen... effects to uh, take the thing out. The thing? As in John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh. Oh, yeah. Y'all seen that movie Krampus? Oh, I haven't seen Krampus. Oh, man. Yeah. You want you want a movie that takes place in a blizzard? That is the movie to see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. They they do they do like white out in that movie, and it's so much better. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it is though. Domestic gross. Ten point three. Ten point three. Foreign gross. Seven point six. Seven point six. Worldwide gross. Seventeen point eight. In millions. Oh. Millions. It's all in millions. Oh, <laughs> open seventh at the box office? Seventh? <sighs> Opened at number seven. Opened at seven. What did, why did it lose this much money? Because it opened at number seven. Welcome to September. Is it was, uh, you're really going to chuck, like what, what was so bad about the marketing of Whiteout that nobody wanted to go see it? I mean, I remember seeing the previews for this. I definitely remember that. I guess I remember it kind of being passed off as a horror film, and it's not. Certainly not horror. It's thriller at best. If, if you want to get into big um, conspiracy theories, it opened on September 11th. Ooh. In 2009? I guess no one's going to the movies yes. then? It opened against Inglorious Bastards. Okay. And Final Destination. And what? Final Destination. Oh, fi- Final Destination? Which one? The Final Destination. Number one came out in 2009? No, the final destination is is four. Oh, that's four. Yeah. Okay. I was like, that's not right. Sean William Scott did not really have a career in 2009. Oh, this was a pretty strong weekend for movies. Yeah? 
Yeah, Tyler Perry's I Can Do Bad All By Myself. Of course. Uh, nine, Tim Burton's Nine, which I liked. Oh, I, so I actually went to go see that on opening weekend. Yeah, it's really good. It is pretty, it's, well, I won't say it's really it's, good. Okay, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Inglorious Bastards, <laughs> The Final Destination, District Nine. Oh, shit. Was still in theaters. That's good stuff. Julia and Julia was still in theaters. G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra was still in theaters. Okay, I saw that so. one in theaters, too. Wow, that was a bad year for Michael to go to movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched G.I. Joe in theaters. Oh, honey. Can you believe that I thought that was going to be cool? Because I like... You're not alone. <laughs> okay. Shall we move to comic books? Yeah. We shall. Uh, all right. Whiteout, would you believe it? Is indeed a comic book. Uh, it's a four-issue miniseries produced by Greg Rucka, writer, and Steve Lieber, artist. So, of course, the story is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, produced by Oni Press and uh, released in 1998. If you believe that nonsense. 1998, and then they're like, oh, I guess this will be a good enough film 10 years from now. <laughs> Were they wrong? <laughs> so it follows Carrie Stecco as a U.S. Marshal, um, who, instead of isolating herself to Antarctica, like it was sort of implied in the film, she killed her partner out of guilt. In the book, it's sort of the fact that she was exiled there by her own department, and she's actually a thin hair from being fired from uh, the U.S. Marshals, because... I like this version better, where uh, her and her partner come into the hotel with a serial killer. Like, some dude's talking about, like, ah, you remind me of my 12th. You know, that girl screamed. And then, of course, the serial killer gets loose with a gun, and she, and like, all, like, almost overpowers Carrie, and she eventually is able to take him down, and he's like, what are you going to do, put the cuffs back on me? She goes, no, I'm going to kill you. And then she snaps his neck. U.S. Marshals find out, like, what happened there, and they're like, uh, you just killed a fucking guy. <laughs> You're going, we don't know what to do with you. You're going to Antarctica. You're stationed there. So that's where she hangs out, thinking nothing's going to happen, and get a whiff of a dead body. Sort of a similar scenario, um, except that this dead body is found next to a bunch of core sample holes being pulled out. All right? Different than, there is no Russian plane. Whatever was created there was created for the film. No Russian plane. What they actually dug out of the ground was gold. They found gold, like solid gold or something like that in Antarctica. Yeah. I guess if you dig deep enough in Antarctica, you could find ore. It is land, right? Ooh, science. Uh, no? There's, there's some stuff to talk about here. I mean, just give me a yes or a no on this one. Probably not. Probably not. Okay, but anyway, there's a female um, British spy who gets involved. Um, not Robert Price character that Gabriel Mocked played for no reason. Uh, this character is actually much more involved and cool. And she is there because it's rumored they might have act like found uranium, right? And in which case, that would be against UN treaty laws to you know secretly hold uranium for your country. <laughs> So they have to take care of that. And then it, you know, it devolves into this whole conspiracy to take the gold, hide it. And the film kind of covers a couple scenes by scene just like that. Like her losing her fingers and all that jazz is a is a fair, less dramatic um 
It's more symbolic. And then mostly at the end, when it's the big reveal that it's the doctor, the doctor does not walk outside into the whiteout and commit suicide that way because that's terrifying. Uh, who the hell would calmly do that just because he got caught with – he didn't even kill anyone technically. He was just a part of it. <laughs> but he's the one hiding, starts to hide gold in the cadavers to try and smuggle it out. They get a wind of it. And he goes, oh, the jig is up. What you don't know is the entire book, they're talking about how in little moments he's getting forced to go back to the States. His tenure on Antarctica is up because he's too old. But he's been spend, he spent so much time in Antarctica, that's all he has. That's literally him being a scientist there. That's his life, right? And for them to say, well, we can't keep you there. Um, you're done. And he just wanted something to go home back to. He had nothing. So that's why he got involved with the gold, even though no one was supposed to get hurt. And then he turns himself in. There's a sequel called Whiteout Melt, where she, <laughs> Carrie Stecko is sent back to Antarctica. Uh, it turns out Russian mercenaries are on a rampage, and Stecko and a rogue Russian intelligence officer save the day. That kind of whole spiel. And Whiteout is a really good book, I must say. There's, it sounds better. It is, you're describing it sounds better than what the movie was. It's. I read this all in one sitting, in an hour, while giving plasma, and I really enjoyed everything I was reading. It's It tracks really well. Steve Lieber's art is great because, of course, everything is done. Instead of um, darkness defining, it's white light defining all the characteristics. And just fun fact... Comics Buyer's Guide list of 100 sexiest women in comics. Carrie Stecko is listed as number 44. Top 50. Top 50. Top 50. I will not. I don't know who she all beat, but I can tell you in the top 10, Red Sonja is number one. I'll just spoil it. Ha ha. Hmm. I saw a Red Sonja movie, and I was like, this is real bad. Well, not Red Sonja, the <laughs> movie character. Same as not Carrie Stecko, the movie character. Because Terry Stecko, the movie character, has, like, Abe Sapien-level detective skills, yet absolutely lacks common sense when going outside. Yeah. When she completely describes what happens on that Russian plane from 50 years ago, how the fuck did you figure that all out? <laughs> You literally yeah. just start saying things because the plot told you. <laughs> and then you don't cover your face when you're outside. Why don't you cover your face? You should. Whatever. All right. Movies ruin everything. <laughs> Moving on to Skylar's music section. Do you have something for us? I have some info that um, the score for Whiteout was written by a man named John Frizzell. He's been working for probably about two well, just over 20 years now. Uh, some of the things he's known is for King of the Hill, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Interesting credentials. So that's a lot of comedy stuff. Yeah. But the, but then his movie stuff is um, more horror-based. I Still Know What You Did Last Summer, Dante's Peak, Stay Alive, The Reaping, 13 Ghosts, etc., what? Okay, 13 Ghosts. Yes. That's a good movie, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to look up at least one song of Whiteout soundtrack available. Sure, I get you. And I can't find um, a single one. I don't think anybody... Well, I mean, when a film makes this little money, I guess nobody really gives a shit that its soundtrack gets moved to any sort of distributor. 
I got nothing. I got nothing. All I got is trailers. Man. That's all Which I got. I did I did watch the trailer for this and it was good to hear Corey Burton do some narration. So that was cool. Corey Burton. He's a voice actor known for um Brainiac and Superman, the animated series. Uh, uh, he does a lot of Count Dooku <laughs> in uh Count Star Dooku. Wars stuff and uh Professor Hugo Strange in Arkham City. Mm. Oh, okay. Now Ben, music yes. of Whiteout, impactful upon you? Sorry, there was music? Yeah, that's what I thought. There was some quiet detective cliche music, I'd say. You know, they tried to pass this off as sort of a suspense, crime suspense thriller. You know what I mean? But in the Arctic, the Antarctic. This movie is worse than the other 30 Days of Night. It is worse than 30 Days of Night. Like, substantially. Yeah. 30 Days of Night has some memorable musical moments. Remember that song they played when they were burning the oil? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Pump and Blood song? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That song is... I, should, I mean, I should just play that again. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> don't watch this movie. Watch 30 Days a Night and Fargo. I yeah. I mean like oh. it's really hard. it's I think we've reached a low point in a film when we suggest that you watch Thirty Days of Night. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's that bad. Yeah, like Thirty Days of Night will be far more entertaining. And it's the whole time I was watching this, I was like, hmm. This reminds me of Thirty Days of Night. <laughs> like a worse version. Yeah. And then just go watch John Carpenter's The Thing. Well, yes. To watch the best Antarctica movie. <laughs> Yeah. I guess, well, 30 Days of Night's on the other end. It's yeah. in Alaska. The, I knew this it movie is. was going to be hot garbage when they show, like, the overhead shot of the research base, and it's, like, 90 degrees south latitude. Yeah, what is that? And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Come on. All of those little thingies that are all those little messages that they were showing, I was like, you are filling us with the most useless information. Antarctica. The coldest place on earth. Or like it said some shit like that I mean, at the beginning, right? That's at least true. And it's well, but it's like, fuck you. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> it's the farthest from the sun. I mean the filmmakers have to assume their audience is as dumb as they are. Oh god. So they'd they'd have to be reminded of that. I guess. So I got dumb watching this. See, just thinking about this movie, like that's what it does to your brain. It gives it brain freeze and then uh, hypothermia mm. <laughs> and then frostbite. This dude has a little chilly. <laughs> I don't like it. That's my heart. I don't want right. to die. All right. Let's move on to the big topic. All right. The oh, big yes. stuff. Oh, yes. this is all you tonight, Ben. Oh, it is. Because it's a base in the Antarctic where they do actual scientific research. Yes. Gar- granted, the film is about a murder has nothing conspiracy. nothing to do with that. Yeah. More or less. But it takes place on a research base. So let's hit some topics. So, some topics. What do you want to start with? Uh, were we going to cover... We aren't going to cover Frostbite tonight. That's fine. We don't, no. There's going to be plenty of opportunity to cover Frostbite somewhere else. I'm yeah. sure. Let's cover... Okay. Oh, first off, earlier I alluded to, like, if you just drilled straight down, would you find gold? Yes. Uh, probably not, because the sheets of ice that cover Antarctica... Are miles thick. Miles. You would be drilling for a long time before you hit landmass. Before you hit, yeah, Earth. You'd pull up a bunch of bunch of ice, and that's about it. Um, and if you melted all away all the ice on Antarctica, a lot of what's underneath all that ice is just o- the ocean. 
the ocean. <laughs> yeah, Antarctica, like the landmass of Antarctica, it's a substantial archipelago. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought it was actually a giant landmass. It's mm, like there's some big islands. Yeah. In like a way that Greenland like, size islands. There, there's probably a Greenland sized island under under there. Um, okay. But but it's there's a lot. It's mostly a lot of ocean. Mm. It's just floating on top. On ice. On ice. But it's solid because it's so freaking cold. Right. Okay. okay. Ice is solid because it is cold. That is correct. <laughs> Shut up. Well done, Michael. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. Next, next, next salt topic. Oh, uh, next topic. Well, we're not going to talk about what frostbite is, but just know that the cold is really dangerous. Okay. And there's a lot of little dumb things that they do in this movie. Yeah. That kind of like make you be like, oh, it's really not that dangerous and therefore there's no tension in any of the scenes. Yeah. They they pull they pull the scene directly out of the comic where she loses her gloves and then her hands are super freaking like frostbitten when she tries to open the door. And then that, of course, tears part of her flesh off. Right. And like within a short amount of time, her hands get frostbitten mm-hmm. to the point where if she touches anything... It, they're gonna die and then at the end of the film there's an entire sequence where they are rolling scarfless they have just got yeah hat and goggles and you're you're going where this film was filled with continuity errors right like they make they make such a big deal about how dangerous it is to be out in the cold because if your skin is exposed for more than 30 seconds say goodbye yes and then they spend so much time like their face is uncovered and you're like well okay well there goes your lips and cheek and nose they're gone like your whole face is dead literally dead you okay what i want you to do get on a a motorcycle or like a scooter and on even not you don't have to do a winter day don't don't be crazy but on a chilly fall morning when there's still a little frost on the ground drive that bitch without a scarf Without anything covering your face, okay? Soon as you hit 20 miles per hour, just 20, you are going to hate life. Yeah. It is so cold. Mm-hmm. Everything burns. It's it's really like getting that cold is just profoundly miserable. We are in the middle of a winter storm warning as we were recording this. Yes. The drive here was very exhilarating. Yeah, we just serpentine uphill. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of why we're recording this now. This is sort of like our little... A little segue into the winter. Yeah. Um, but, like, wind chills of 30 below, you expose skin as frostbitten in 30 minutes. And that's Antarctica, here. that's here. That's about 30 below wind chill. In Minnesota. Temperatures in Antarctica get hundreds of degrees below. Yeah. Doesn't matter Fahrenheit or Celsius. Like, they're <laughs> so cold that it, it's... It doesn't matter <laughs> You're what dead. units we're using. It's like less than ten seconds. It's it's very, very quick. Um, so there, there's just dumb things that they do in this. Oh, and the scene where they're like, "Oh, don't drink the vodka because a you don't want to drink before operating heavy machinery, <laughs> and b it'll lower your core body temperature." Doing that when it's already real cold is bad. That sets you up for hypothermia, which is not a fun way to die. <laughs> and also, you're operating heavy machinery. And I'm like, yeah, that, like, good, yeah, don't drink that. Right after you got trapped in a cargo plane. Yeah, and then they all just, they just chug the bottle, and then I'm like, all right, let's drive a tank. Yeah. Uh, I was like, <laughs> um, what? 
Okay, the most frustrating scene for me. The mixture between the intelligence assumed in these characters because they are scientists and government agents, and the level of stupidity that they actually exhibit is fantastic for 2015 level of of stupid. Yeah, like we're gonna go down into a plane that's underneath ice, and we're all gonna go down there. All of us. Nobody's going to stay where the truck is still on. And if we all get trapped down there, nobody's going to be able to get help. We're all going to be trapped down there. Yeah. No radio. So let's all go down there. Yeah. So they just do a lot of dumb, dumb things in this movie. Speaking of the dumbest thing, um, we're going to talk about the dumbest thing. And we're actually going to get to the good topic for real quick. The topic is... (laughs) <laughs> Your wife was over at my place. Yes. Um. Because uh, I just got three new kittens, and they're adorable. For of oh, uh, my foster, I have foster kittens, and I was watching the film. She came over, and there's the scene where Kate Beckinsale sticks her hand into a cadaver to pull out a little baggie of crystal meth. A little baggie of crystal meth. A little some diamonds. Some diamonds. Now that's all fine what? and dandy. But there's one missing element in that scene of she sticks her hand into a dead body. A fleshy, raw, raw meat. No, like nothing over her hand. With no glove. No glove. Austin was freaking out. She was like, bitch, put on some latex. Get a Kleenex, something. That shit gets underneath your fingernails? Like, like stretch a condom over your entire hand? I know they fuck at this research base. (laughs) Oh, dear God. Like, (laughs) yeah. Don't... Dead bodies hold a lot of diseases. That's why, like, the very earliest humans started burying their dead. (laughs) She just goes right for it. Because we know that when they start to decompose, they start to rot. Shit gets nasty. Oh. And and the bacteria grows. It's very upsetting. Yeah. So... Cadaver safety, I was I was going to say 101, but this is even more basic than that. Wash your hands. She didn't wash her hands Put after that. Put on a either. pair of gloves. She did not wash her hands after that. Dispose of your gloves in the you know biohazard designated receptacle, and then wash your hands again. Like, that shit got on her sleeve. Yeah. It, like, it, no, no care to, like, that stuff's going to dry. It's going to dry. It's going to fester. Yep. You lost two fingers yep. already. You want to lose the whole yeah, hand? If, if you have like a single cut on your like it's it's dry, right? My my hands are chapped. You know, yep. I got some I got some dry skin on my knuckles. You stick those into a cadaver, all those juices are going to get inside of yours. And man, it's a good way to get AIDS. It's a great way to get AIDS. <laughs> Probably like the third worst actually. <laughs> Oh. Okay. All right. Big topic. What do they actually do in Antarctica? Well, yeah. So this takes place on a on a research station in Antarctica, which there are a couple big research stations there. Mm-hmm. Um, McMurdo. Yep. Vastok. Yep. Others. There. There's ones in the Arctic as well, up on Svalbard and. I Greenland. think those are actual names of Antarctic bases. Am I wrong? They. I don't know. Okay. But I might be. So what? What kind of research do they do there? I guess Take they would guess. pull core samples or like, you know, ice samples sure. out of the ice, yep. obviously, and use that as sort of like a carbon dating for research, some sort of form of archaeology. That's one thing. Another is to measure how much has melted in the last years. You okay. know, see how fast we're melting those ice caps. 
Yep. Uh, you know, Day After Tomorrow style. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that part of that movie. Um, you also can test, you bring things into the environment to test what can survive extremely cold environments if you need to do that for some sort of safety. Yeah. Okay. That's I, all I got. So, yeah, the second one you were right on. Okay. Yep. Ice, ice pole, polar ice cap melting measurements. Yep. They, there, a lot of climate science happens um, because global warming will affect places that are very cold most. Mm-hmm. And so if you can you can say, hey, uh, Antarctic ices, ice sheets are retreating, that's bad. You know, it's good that we can recognize that that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, you're right, they do drill into these sheets of ice and pull out the ice, you know, a big column of ice. What they do with it is way more interesting than what you said. Um <laughs> Cool, then. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so Antarctica is a desert. Uh, it, there's very little precipitation there. It all just kind of blows around. Mm-hmm. However, snow does, like, it forms layers, seasonal layers. So it's like rings on a tree. Okay. Each each year uh, a tree grows and it adds another ring. Same thing happens in Antarctica. Each year goes by, there's another layer of ice that just kind of builds up. And up and up and up. All right. And so you can drill in here, and then the further deep you go, the further back in time you get. And what they do with that... kind of like how I have sex. Move on. Hey! <laughs> um, what they do is they take one of these layers, they melt it, and they analyze the gas that was trapped inside that layer of ice. And they analyze what's in that gas. Ooh. And so this is how... Like, we know how much carbon there was in the atmosphere 30,000 years ago. Whoa! Because we can drill down, find a layer of ice that's 30,000 years old, and say, well, you know, we melted it, and here's how much methane, here's how much carbon dioxide, all that Shit. stuff. So it's 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 how we get climate data for thousands of years into the past. That's crazy stuff, man. Yeah. I'm tired. We're recording real late. <laughs> it's 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 past my bedtime. Oh, it's an hour and a half past my bedtime. Oh, honey, is that all? Is that the most interesting thing? That was the in most interesting thing I I've heard of them doing in Antarctica. Oh, particle physics. What? Part- oh, freezing particles to make them stop? Mm, no, more like there's nothing around, so you can build massive detectors, and there's no one around with their gadgets, oh, so there's very little interference. Yeah, radio waves aren't really bouncing in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you can build these great big detectors. And, like, neutrinos, they have to pass through. The The idea is you get them to pass through a lot of stuff so that maybe they hit something because usually they just pass right through things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can build these great big detectors in Antarctica. Nice. And it, it works really nicely. So. Oh. If you have a chance to, if you had a chance to go on to an Antarctic base... For, let's say, six months, would you do it? Ooh, what would my role be there? Casual observer, I'd probably get bored after a week or two. Yeah? Actively doing science? Yeah. You are a plane gopher. A plane gopher. But I mean, there is you sit on oh, the Oh, I fly plane. the planes. You don't fly the plane. Oh, a a pilot flies the plane. You unload and load all the shit that has to go on and off the planes. Hmm. This that is, is your job. Question. Yep. But you get to be part of an Antarctic 
I would say base. No, if I were a chef, a cook in the like the cafeteria on the base, okay, then yeah, all right, you know, basic but staff. Flying around on Antarctica seems way too hazardous for me. That'd be kind of cool. Wouldn't it? it would be kind of cool to see all that stuff. I also don't want to die. Yeah, I mean, how many? How many? We should look up the pilot deaths, Antarctic pilot deaths, and see the percentage over the years. Yeah, it's higher than the percentage of cafeteria servers that die. <laughs> I guarantee that. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Unless you bring the thing into the mix, all <laughs> you and your John Carpenter. <laughs> Let it go. Just yeah, he w- wasn't so in this film. <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> That would have been great. Just a crossover. Extended universe. <laughs> or cinematic universe. <laughs> it's like the, the the ending of the film like leads into the thing. Mm. Yeah, that's six months later epilogue, by the way. What horse shit. <laughs> it's just her signing a resignation letter and then walking away. <laughs> like I, I was like, why do we need to see this? And then Gabriel Macht is still there at the base six months later, even though there's no investigations needed. He's in a Hawaiian shirt bowling these canisters. Yeah. And what are you still doing here? Did you get fired and left here? I thought they were going to do a thing with the canisters. Like, he finishes bowling and he opens up and there's the diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) They opened up and found jelly beans the first time. What ridiculous nonsense. Oy vey. Oy vey. All right. That's going to wrap it up today. No drinking game rules. I'm too tired. I'm too tired, damn it. Drink vodka when they drink vodka. Uh, oh, fuck, what's the Russian word for celebrate? Prosnovat. Is that, did you look up the word? I did. Prosnovat is how you're pronouncing it phonetically? Yes. So. That's what Google is giving me. Pro, press Google sound. What's, what'd she say? Prosnovat. <laughs> Come she, again? She did really good. I don't think she speaks Russian well. No, probably not. <laughs> no. That's definitely not her native tongue. Okay. Um, yes, drink for that. Drink for exposition shit said out loud. Uh, Flashbacks were like, oh, is this a fuck? Is <laughs> this a fuck? Oh, God darn it. Just drink till you, you're warm inside but cold on the outside and or huddle yourself up in a nice bank <sighs> of snow and away. I guess walk out into the snow and please okay don't kill yourself please don't uh, that was getting dark that's gonna wrap it up today right. gang this is super movie studies and it is recorded and produced right here in KMSU studios in Mankato Minnesota iTunes stuff Twitter <laughs> I think we're all suffering from hypothermia right now. It's so cold. There's a winter storm advisory. We what are. about iTunes, Ben? Oh, yeah. Go there. You can subscribe. You can show us a rating. You can give us a review. We love all that stuff. And it helps other people find our podcast, too. Yay! We're going to have some more guests in the future, as I always promise. We had Nick Harvey last week. Twitter Tom was a few weeks ago. We're going to... Some people are coming down for you know the holiday times. Maybe we'll get... Grant on another show, I bet. Uh, and sh- maybe even a recurring Shimo. Who? Well, yeah, real throwback. <laughs> Shimo's been on two episodes, I think. V for Vendetta and Captain America Winter Soldier. Whoa, Captain America Winter Soldier. Now that's a throwback. That's throwback Thursday. That's before Ben's time. Twitter! Twitter! We're there at Super M Studies. Uh, let Tom know what... Uh... 
graphic novel heroine is better. <laughs> Who do you in think the, the forty fourth? Forty fourth sexiest. <laughs> Super. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> so, who do you think should be the forty fourth sexiest woman woman in comics? If you if Carrie Stetko wasn't an option, who would be the forty fourth sexiest out of a hundred? <laughs> There's only a hundred comic book female characters. Shh, that's what you said. No, I didn't say there's not only a hundred. Oh, what are you talking about? I think we're on different wavelengths. We've lost our connection, gang. We've lost it. We've lost that love and feeling. Yep. Whoa, that love. You're not going to even help me out here? I don't know the song. You don't know? Righteous Brothers? Back to Top Gun. No. Right. Righteous Brothers? Which also stars Tom Skerritt. Ah, that's right. Tom See, I've, I've never seen that movie. Oh. You've lost the love and feeling. Oh, I can't believe you just said that to me. <laughs> Cannot believe it. That will be it today, gang. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. Oh, he mad. James Carter-Hudsma. And I'm Ben Anderson. Are you? Are we human? Oh. Or are we dancer? Oh, here we go. Now you're just somebody that, that I, I used to know. know. Oh, <laughs> Oh, we're done. Good night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> For your bags. We're done.